I'm not convinced that there's any rationality to be had in modern politics today. Welcome to episode number 90 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, August 28th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where they're literally and figuratively burning the city down. And from America's left coast, where if you're alone in your car wearing a mask, you do not need a Biden sticker on the back. We already know. I'm Ryan Bimrose. <laughs> on the back of the mask or on the back of the car, or on the back of their head. Are people putting bumper <laughs> stickers on their heads? I uh, Biden supporters. What can you say? Yeah, I, I, I saw I saw somebody flying a Biden flag the other day. Biden is by just about every measure objectively a terrible, terrible candidate for the presidency, not least of which that he can't speak anymore. He his dementia is progressing very quickly and it's frightening. He has exactly one job qualification, and that's enough for 40 percent of the people in the country which is that he's not Donald Trump. Yeah, he's not Donald Trump. I didn't watch much of either convention because, you know, they're all just crap. But from oh, what no, I've seen, no, you won't be getting any convention updates on on this show. Yeah. From what I saw, the Republican one looked a little bit more professional, but that's the only comment I really have. They, they had fireworks. Oh, and then fireworks is good. And they had people outside. This was a whole different thing. Yeah. That is the one there thing I will say. People without masks. Yes. People without masks. And they were outside of their basement, which is a big thing. And we talked about this when you when you just said Biden, you know, not really there fully mentally. There's a lot of questions about his acuity to be able to handle questions, especially those during a debate. And of course, now Nancy Pelosi's already thrown down the gauntlet saying, well, Biden shouldn't even debate because, I mean, we shouldn't even really acknowledge Trump is um, a candidate enough. We shouldn't we shouldn't legitimize him with a debate. Well, and Nancy Pelosi says a lot of treasonous things these days. Yeah. I mean, this is just going way, way, way out there. It's like one, he is the president of the United States. So this bullshit that we must resist, 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 and we can't even legitimize him by having a debate tells me they are scared. They are scared. They know Biden cannot debate Trump and win. And this is what they're going to try to do. I mean, this is throwing the uh, throwing it out there to see what the base comes back with. Like, are they going to freak out? Are they all going to go? Yeah, don't debate. And then, you know, what's well, so gonna far? Happen? He's letting Kamala do all of his appearances right now. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't even, you know, thanks to to apparently, you know, Zoom politics. He hasn't even had to come out of the basement for all of his appearances so far. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, he's old, so he should be hiding from the covid. I get it. But uh, Trump's older and uh, um, no, he, he doesn't. He shouldn't be hiding from the covid. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Trump's Nobody not should. older, but uh, the uh, I, I do kind of lead a little credence to what Adam Curry said on no agenda, which was he thinks that Trump had the covid. When he was taking the hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine, because Trump doesn't really seem concerned about it anymore. I it, well, then th that's one person in this country who doesn't seem to be freaked out about it. I, 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 we don't need to rehash that again. I've I've said many times on this the 
the irrational fear is completely unnecessary and counterproductive and the the counter the the steps being taken to address the irrational fear of uh, a cold virus are absolutely destroying the the entire world right now at least you know the part of it that cares about whether or not people exist i will say it was quite interesting spending seven hours around a hospital the other day because my mom ended up needing double bypass yes how is she she's doing well which we found out during the show during the last show and uh that was cut out so that wasn't in there but uh yeah everything's going well she went in with symptoms that she thought were acid reflux and it turns out women the symptoms for heart issues way different than men and you have to really pay attention to this kind of stuff because even for a few days in the hospital they didn't find it they weren't finding anything wrong until they did the angiogram which i've had that done before they inject you know some good radioactive dye into your system and then mm, they yum yum yeah it's it's delicious and then they take x-rays from a few different angles it's kind of like a big uh one of those uh, mri kind of a cat scan type machines they go in the machine moves around a little bit and they take a yeah, bunch n- of different like, pictures nothing like piling on a little bit of radiation on top of whatever else is wrong exactly but this shows you how the blood is actually moving through the arteries or in this case not and uh so it was a good thing that she got in when she did because the surgeon said to the two arteries were uh, pretty much clogged which is not a good thing so i mean ladies if you're feeling a little bit tired if you're just feeling all of a sudden you're having a lot more stomach issues acid reflux get it checked out the one day my mom even had a little bit of jaw pain which came or, and went within a day stop eating the habaneros yeah well that too and you know i told her it's like this i remember the jaw pain because i read that before where that was a sign my dad had shoulder pain before he ended up needing his quadruple bypass which oddly enough was 21 years to the day after the day my mom had her surgery so and it was the same surgeon and i tell you the surgeon was damn near giddy to see my dad 21 years later he's like you know there's you you remember the guy you know that didn't work out the surgeries because this is still a very dangerous operation and all yeah. that but seeing yeah, tw- 20 years on farther on is probably uncommon yes and so he was really happy to see him and catch up a little bit and you know obviously the guy's good i don't know how many more years i mean obviously he was young when he did my dad's surgery he's getting a little bit older now but uh everything went well which is good there's a recovery to this obviously because they're cutting your chest open and all that but he said the heart looked great and it's weird because you don't realize you don't really even think about it even though you know what they're doing when they do open heart the surgeon just is like oh yeah everything else looked good you're like our lungs are a really nice shade of pink and it's like you forget you know when you're in there poking around you see things you know it's like oh yeah you know i i I have to admit i've never had anybody tell me what color my lungs are so (laughs) it's it's a weird thing and uh so uh so hopefully that'll be in a few weeks she'll be back up and running and uh everything is good just hey that's the the bottom line is here take pay attention if something seems a little bit different and get it checked out even if you think it's uh if it's, it's nothing big and i know this is what's been going on a lot with the covid and there's a lot more people dying at home of things that otherwise they would have yeah, gone to a doctor because because the, the hospitals and and clinics have made it such a pain in the ass you have to 
make sure that you, you know, uh, adhere to social distancing. I'm like, I can't walk. Well, just be farther away and, you know, wear a diaper. And <laughs> I, yeah, that I, I, I tell you what, I don't want to go into a clinic right now if I can't, if I don't have to. Yeah. And that was, I mean, uh, it was, it was nice, I guess, because uh, I mean, and one also thank everybody on no agenda social, because that's the only place I really posted about my mom having surgery and, and so many prayers and well wishes from all the people over there. It is much appreciated, but you know, going into the hospital, we mean, the, the only difference really seemed to be they were checking temperatures when you got to the floor where the cardiac floor, they weren't checking temperatures coming into the hospital, which I thought was a little bit strange. I thought that would be the best place to start checking people walking in the door, but no. And we did just walk down briefly because they had to open up a room for us to wait. And we had a, a waiting room with nobody else in, which I guess is also the nice thing about COVID. You get a personal waiting room. Private waiting rooms. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Personal waiting room. Nobody else in there. And we walked down to the cafeteria, which I thought was weird because it was almost full. And a lot of doctors and uh, medical staff not wearing masks, sitting around eating. So I'm confused by a lot of this stuff. And uh, we're not bringing logic into the mask debate again. No. Last time we did that, it got all over the place. We certainly don't clean up. We don't want to bring logic to that, but it it was a surreal experience. Uh, But the bottom line is everything seems to be going well. And for my mom, and that's really all I care about at this point. And then to get her home healthy and then to go through all the fun stuff. Because again, now going through any kind of rehab stuff like that, you know, there's going to be issues. I'm sure so many precautions that people are taking, but uh the health thing is weird. There, there are a lot of repercussions to this pandemic that really won't be known. I don't think for a matter of years. Oh yeah, I, I was in, I was in the periodontist uh, two days ago, and uh, I got my own mask story out of that one. Was all that complicated or interesting? Uh, I, I went in, and this is this is a dental office, which means that in order to work on you, they have to work in your mouth. You can't be wearing a mask while they're working. <laughs> Are you sure it doesn't work? Uh, but I walk in, and first of all, you know this this was uh, th- this was a place they're they're apparently hip. They're they're you know cool to the the new fangled technology stuff because I I think I mentioned the they had a an online form where they wanted to okay, can you please fill out all of your online history and and everything and it was you know cl- please click here and and go fill out you know insurance information everything else online well that's great it was three pages of form i think the third page for whatever reason did not have a, a next or save button <laughs> was it javascript uh, the whole thing i couldn't use it in my regular it wasn't a, a HTTP form or anything like that it wasn't you know it wasn't just an html page those those work fine in my normal browser, but this was some kind of of React reflowing uh, a dynamic JavaScript thing that was probably sending megabytes of data back and forth to a server, tracking everywhere I clicked. But whatever. Uh, so I actually launched the the normal browser, the one that I have that doesn't uh, try to filter everything and go in and the form. <laughs> I found out later she's like, oh, yeah, well, you, did you try using Edge? Because uh, sometimes Chrome has a problem with that form. No, I'm not going to fucking use Edge. Well, you uh, didn't try 14 different browsers. How dare you? No, no, I tried Chrome and I tried Firefox. And then I'm like, OK, fuck it. I'm, I'm calling these people because phones still fucking work even in 2020. I could still and give them the information at the reception. So 
This was my first thing. The other was uh, I got a text message the day before my appointment. They're like, uh, you know, our procedures have changed due to the COVID virus. Please view this YouTube video in order to see what to expect. Fucking video. You can't just take like two sentences and tell me what I'm supposed to do. No. Watch a YouTube video. Well, they're monetizing that video. Yo, probably. So fine. I, you know, I go in and, you know, what to expect is, is the usual bullshit of uh, we can't have you near any other people. Other people are bad. Please fear all your fellow citizens. We can't possibly have you, you know, develop any social bonds with anyone who isn't the state. And oh, and by the way, make sure you wear a diaper. So I go in and the instructions specifically said, so when you go in, make sure that you stay in the car and send a text message when you arrive. Okay, I'll do that. So I'm in the car. Uh, Like almost immediately, I get back a text message. The the lobby's empty. Go ahead and come on in. Okay. So I go in, empty fucking lobby, giant shields in front, like a desk to ceiling in front of the reception desk. So just, you know, I I felt like I was in a payday loan place or, or, you know, one of the like high security banking. I don't know. Right. Big Um, plexiglass. Yeah, big ass plexiglass shield. And I am the only person on this side of the shield. And on the other side is a receptionist who uh, her eyes were smiling, but I have no idea if she was scowling at me or making faces, whatever. Most women do. Yeah, it's fine. I I get that a lot. But she goes in, you know, she starts checking me in and is like, okay, so I got this much off of your form because because of the the partial. Um, I just need you to fill out this stuff. And and do you have a mask with you? said no well um okay then i'll just give you one and you need to wear it in the lobby i'll look around and just checking like behind the plants or something is there any other people there <laughs> maybe no I, hiding who, who the fuck am i hiding this from and so she gives me the page to fill out manually with and a pen and a clipboard and a mask the mask never came off the clipboard fuck that i just filled out the stuff and then as I filled it out, the doctor came in and said, we're, we're ready to see you. So I never put a mask on, but I, just the idea that, oh, well, you're in this empty lobby. We've made sure it's empty because we're forcing everyone to sit in their car. And yet you still have to wear a goddamn face diaper. I, I, dignity is gone. Or it really, again, shows that they're understanding what Maurice de Hunt said, which was it's all aerosolized, which means. If there was somebody in there five minutes before you, there could still be virus in the air. So they're trying to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. How have humans even existed on this planet for 100,000 years? That's a good question. I, I mean, every virus that comes along has to be completely destroying. I mean, mask technology wasn't around for the early tribes, was it? You know, I'm surprised we aren't seeing stories about that saying, you know, hey, if we would have only known about this during the you know flu of 1918 or whatever. We would have saved so many people and this would have been great if we would have just known nobody's rewriting that history yet. It'll get there. <laughs> well, that wasn't that the last time that a bunch of, of state uh, state actors decided that they wanted to mandate what everybody wore in their face when they're mad there. Yes, there was a mask thing. Were, yeah, there was a mask thing, but I didn't come here to talk about masks. No, um, I uh, do have to ask what the fuck is wrong with Chicago and suburbs? <laughs> that's a really loaded question uh there's a lot 
wrong with Chicago and the suburbs? I mean, downtown, we're getting the violence. Of course, we had the looting, $60 million in damage in one night. But in our little county here, the positive test rate went over, I think it was 8%. So they're closing down. Did, did somebody like put in a, a lump group of records into the database or something that day? You know, I don't even know what the cause was for it, but I'm still not sure why this is the goalpost that you're looking for, because that's just showing you what percentage of tests that are given are coming back positive, which, again, the question is who's being tested. If only people that are legitimately sick with the symptoms are getting tested, I would expect that rate to be way over 8%. Now, if you're intentionally testing way more people, and didn't change anything, then maybe you could kind of use this as a goalpost. It still wouldn't mean a whole lot, but the fact that you're only coming back with the percentage of tests that are coming back positive, that means realistically, if you're just going by that and all of a sudden only 20 people get tested for like a week every day instead of thousands that had been, if you get down to 20, but 10 of them and each day are positive, well, that's going to jump way up and you're going to shut a whole county down, even though it's just a handful of cases. So the things they're using as the goalposts don't really make sense. Now, if they were using hospitalizations or deaths, I can almost understand that. And as I think I've mentioned before, the hospital my mom was in, the nurse said, told my mom that she didn't even think there was any COVID patients left in the hospital. If they were, this was not a major thing going on in the hospital right now. So I don't know. There are so many things wrong with that test metric. The thing that frightened me the most was when you said, you know, the, you said percentage of tests, not percentage of people. Correct. Because if, if somebody gets tested every single day and they have COVID the first time, they're going to have it over and over again. And you just like, there's a lot of hospitals that now have a procedure like every single time you know every half hour when somebody walks in they'll just take another covid test just for shits and giggles and uh, and now you've got uh, you know every half hour so you've got 48 tests positive tests every single day for each patient that yeah there's so many things wrong with with trying to gauge like trying to decide whether your economy lives or dies based on these kind of statistics i mean never mind that the the PCR test, which is the one that's widely in use, is notoriously uh, inaccurate. Never mind that it happens to catch uh, a number of common cold viruses that any you know, if you have if you had a common cold in 2017, you can have antibodies for this for a coronavirus and this thing right. will catch it. Uh, you know, never mind that most of the testing labs seem to be getting paid based on number of positive tests, which is uh, perverse incentives, if ever we've seen them. Yeah, and I have seen the question coming up again more a little bit lately that are we closer to herd immunity than we believe? And there's a lot of people that are starting to think having previous coronaviruses go a long way towards determining how serious of a case you're getting with this, which is also an interesting question, because a lot of the older folks that are dying from this maybe have been a little bit more separated for years. I mean, again, when Kim's grandmother was living at the uh, the uh, rest facility here, you know, not the nursing home, but it was assisted living. That's the word I'm looking for. I mean, if we had a cold or the flu, we weren't going to visit her. I mean, people try to stay away from those areas when they're sick. Now, yeah, it's, it's called common sense. Yeah, 
So I mean, it don't, kind of makes sense then if something don't does sick people. Yeah. You know, so but there's a lot some, of stuff. somehow we somehow we went as, as a society. We've gone from don't lick sick people to <laughs> fear all people, whether they have symptoms or not. That was probably the most nefarious and genius thing that that the CDC slash WHO came out with. If if you were going to try to propagandize people for the purpose of changing their behavior in mass was saying, oh, yeah. And people who show absolutely no symptoms can still infect you. Right. Which is I, why I don't get the stuff going on in colleges. Is that how ex- viruses work? But yeah. Well, yeah, with the colleges, I would expect the numbers of the positive tests to go up. I would ex- expect the infection rate to go up. I would also expect that 99.99% of those kids, and I'll call them kids because I'm old, so you can call the 18 to 22 set kids. are Also not, because they're still behaving like it. That's true, too. That they're not going to have any serious problems. It's going to be a short-term illness. couple of days, they'll be back. This is actually a great way to take care of getting closer to herd immunity because yeah. when they're off at college, they're not by their elderly parents. They're not by their elderly grandparents. So it's it works out. You know, yeah, you, you you don't get herd immunity by quarantining the entire population. If you want herd immunity, you get you take the people who have healthy immune systems, the people who are going to recover, you get them sick, you get them an immunity and suddenly, hey, look, society has a herd immunity. And I, this this is the most mishandled plague in the history of humanity, because the, the very first impulse that we ever had was, uh, oh, you know, there's a virus going around. We can't possibly, you know, have we we have to to protect all of our old people. Let's do that by preventing anyone else from getting it. Right. Well, it went from just not protect old people. It went to protect everybody. And, and the quarantine, you know, I, did anybody think through? No, of, of course they didn't. Uh, it, the, the idea that, OK, if you quarantine people, then the virus won't go around during the quarantine. It'll go around as soon as you let off the quarantine. Right. It's waiting. Admittedly, admittedly, they've done a fantastic end run around that logic with the idea that we're just never going to get out of quarantine. The The quarantine is now permanent. Always be afraid of your fellow citizens. Always wear a goddamn diaper on your face, even when you're driving alone in your car and always, you know, stay at home. Never have any human contact. Worry not. The, the state will care for you. I, well, yeah, I, I fucking hate people these days. One of the most interesting things I saw was in regards to the very poor section of Brazil, which seemingly had the same thing that happened everywhere else, even though they did zero to mitigate. Nobody was social distancing. They weren't wearing masks and people got sick. This lasted for like six weeks and now it's dying off and it's just going away. So. There's something to be said for just letting it take its course, protect the people that need to. But it's not like it's, you know, if you don't do this, if we don't make these massive changes that this thing's going to be around forever. The reality seems to be the exact opposite of that, which is once it runs its course through the area and it doesn't take usually four to six weeks, not much longer than that on its own, it starts to disappear even without anything else being done. So. I mean, again, this is something that we'll have to look back upon if well, the, it, well it depends I who mean, is writing the history, I guess. It, it's not going to disappear entirely. It, it, it just like every other disease, it it has to work its way through the population. 
and whatever that looks like. And then for the most part, we, we have some kind of immunity and then it, it disappears mostly. It, I don't know it, what you said. <laughs> well, there is a, uh, there's a bigger disease and a bigger problem. And that seems to be Silicon Valley companies and social media. This is the first time I've run into this in Gmail. And I know I've been weaning off of Gmail. I've been using my grumpy old Ben's address, random thoughts. I still have a Gmail account, and a lot of it is for newsletters and things like that. So this is kind of a question for everybody listening. I'd like to know if you've run into this with Gmail yet. This is the first time today I opened up Gmail, and at the top, in a box all by itself, was a message that says, unsubscribe from Glenn Beck, question mark. You haven't opened any emails from this sender in the last month. I want to know, are they doing this to every newsletter out there? Or is this just like, well, let's go after the right wing conservative people and be like, oh, do you still want these emails? I just thought that was I, a strange choice and a strange thing to pop up. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get in the way of, of a juicy conspiracy theory. So if, if you're going <laughs> to if you're going to milk this one, go with it. No, I'm really uh, curious at how this is, if I'm, this is happening to anything else. Cause this was the first time it happened to me. And I know there's a lot of other stuff I open less than Glenn Beck emails. My, my intuition is that there's the, the algo, you know, the, which, which the, the algo is, is like God in the new tech era because it is completely inscrutable and always, you know, infallible and all powerful. Uh, we, I don't know. My intuition is that the, the algo just randomly picked this based on, well, you know, lots of Gmail users have, I, I don't know, may, maybe lots of Gmail users have marked it as spam or, or unsubscribed or something, which got that one in, in the, the bowels of the almighty algo to uh, get scrutiny. And then it went out and said, well, if other people hate Glenn Beck, then maybe you do too. Or I, I don't know. I, <laughs> maybe I, I'd like to think I, my intuition is that there's not a, a human on the other end, you know, no, I don't think it's a human. madly. And well, I don't think that most of the commies in Silicon Valley are human, but you <laughs> well, know what I too. mean? I, I don't think that there's a person that's cackling madly and pulling levers and saying, oh, let's cancel Glenn Beck next. Well, you never know. I, I guess mean, I could always there might, there might be somebody who wants to do that. This just doesn't feel like it. I could always just sign up for like the WAPO newsletter and never open it and see if Google wants me to cancel that. <laughs> Or CNN, or oh, God forbid, Sir Oma came in the troll room. Just came up with the greatest idea that we need to send out. Says you haven't donated to Grumpy Old Ben's in a while. Donate now. Yes, we need to get that pop up in everyone's browser. Yes, and and when they and when they click no, it still just takes money from their bank account. That's uh, oh yeah. Well, I I, I've got an SDK for that. (laughs) Do you? Uh, (laughs) well uh the well the the sdk i actually brought up this story because it's uh a little bit disturbing uh the are you familiar with the mintegral sdk probably not well that was ad network sdk well yeah it's the ad network that has allegedly been scraping a whole lot of data from apple devices although they are claiming it's not so this is a story that's in flux but it depends on who you're believing at this point well, the, the, the thing that fascinated me about that, I mean, obviously it gets attention when it's scraping a crap load of user data and sending it to, uh, quote, a remote logging server. Um, it, it, there was no 
Uh, no indication whether that server is in China or not, but given that the company is Chinese, eh, you, you can probably bet. Uh, the thing that this thing really do, did that that got my attention was it uh, quote fraudulently report fraudulently reports user clicks on ads, stealing potential revenue from competing ad networks. Now that's uh, interesting. This, this behavior was far more interesting to me when I started digging in. Uh, the way that this thing works is it. Uh, it intercepts user clicks. Uh, it uh, whenever whenever a user clicks on something in the app, it will intercept any user click. And there's a, apparently this is a thing I didn't realize. A lot of apps will sign up for multiple ad networks because hey, the developer wants you know to double dip on on ad revenue. And the result is that there are full SDKs out there that exist for the purpose of mediating between other ad networks SDKs. And so in, in your app, you click on something and all of these SDKs go to town saying, is that my ad? Is that my ad? Is that? And then, then they mediate between them to determine which ad network got the click. And then it sends the impression data with uh, legitimately, it wants uh, your advertising ID and then a couple other things like your, your OS version uh, and, and the URL that was clicked. And it sends that data back to the ad reporting server, which causes a bunch of things like a, an ad payout and a, an impression listed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but what this particular Mintegral SDK by uh, Chinese ad company Mob Vista does is whenever that mediation process starts, regardless of what was clicked on anywhere, it just says, oh, yeah, that's my ad and sends an impression back to its own mothership and then it detects whether or not another ad sdk in the same app was would also report a click and if it does then when the other ad network goes to collect information it manufactures bogus data to send for the other network's ad impression and then sends the real information back to its own network and then its own servers will using the SDK installed on some server somewhere will send the bogus click off of the device, like from, from their servers to the other network. So they are fraudulently posting clicks from their servers to other competing networks for the purpose of screwing up their stats and, and costing them money. The, yeah. The advertising concept is changing drastically. I mean, we have that story. We have the California privacy laws, which they're trying to like double down now, I guess, even though this one just went into effect in January. So and they had a six month, uh, uh, a grace period for everybody. And they're trying to now make this even uh, a tougher law. There's the new thing coming out with Apple that's going to allow people to opt out of this stuff. There's it seems to be a weird flurry of things going on all at once, which seems aimed at online advertisers and i'm not really sure what's going on yet is it that these companies actually are starting to care about privacy and i highly doubt that or is there something nefarious going on here and is this just a big uh, screw you to silicon valley capitalism and all of that because i believe with a few of these things combined the ad revenue is going to drop the ability to make money through ads. It's going to drop big time. And as a as somebody that uses the devices, I don't want to see ads. And I think that's great. But I also understand that it's a 
vital way that some of these companies make money. And it's uh, it's hard to figure out. Do you have any any where are you coming down on this? Um, I hate ads. Well, yeah, I, I, I have been predicting. Oh, what the hell just happened? The world coming to an end. Oh, no, I hit a button and my whole screen. Cha- uh, oh, I see. Chrome decided that it wanted to do something. That's technology. That's called a PC. It's a personal computer. And the thing you hit was called a keyboard. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't. I, this, this whole technology thing confuses and frightens me. You know that. Yes. Uh, I, so I, I've been predicting for 25 years that the ad model is not long-term sustainable. It turns out that it is short-term sustainable for a very long time though. Yeah. Yeah. Seems that way. That, that seems to be what's going on. Uh, I, 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 I have a policy where it, you know, it is not my responsibility as a consumer to prop up anybody's business model. And if your business model is not making money, then you need to revise it so that you can, or you need to go find something else to do with your time. Um, I, I don't, I don't feel any responsibility to watch ads. Um, I don't feel any responsibility to, uh, if, if somebody, oh, oh, this is how they make money. You know, with, do you, you remember it was about 2014 when uh, there there was um, was it a uh, uh, DVRs were kind of a big thing and there was a lot of of TV ad network or TV network executives saying you know DVRs are are stealing our money because they're allowing people to fast forward through ads. Yep, and and I mean and trying to shame and guilt all of the public into no you have to stop and watch those ads no. If if your business model is not working for you, it's not my responsibility to make it work. So I I have I I have very little sympathy for somebody who decides that the way that they want to make their bones is by annoying other people and taking up other people's attention, which uh it it's it's hard to wrap your head around this and most people don't think about it, but uh, w- the number one currency that we as consumers have to spend in the internet age is not cash and it's not even bandwidth. It is attention. Uh, everybody has a fixed amount of attention from the start to the end of their life. And if how you spend that attention determines a, a great deal. And when somebody undervalues my attention and decides to steal it from me, I, I, I get grumpy. No, and I don't and, mind the concept as long as they have an option to uh, to buy out of the ad concept. Otherwise, I'm with Blitz in the troll room that it's our responsibility to pirate that stuff. And uh, speed bump in the troll room mentioned. So this is the only other person that's chimed in with Google suggesting an unsubscribe. Theirs was the White House newsletter. So, so far, we have two <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> yes, for- all of our. All of our data points suggest that Google is coming down hard on the right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But we need more data. We see now if we were lefties, we would be like, oh, my God, this proves everything. But no. OK, here, here you want a data point. I have never received any of this kind of UI from Google because you don't have a Google. No, you don't Google the Googles. No, hell no. But uh, if you're not in the troll room, when we do these shows live at noon Eastern time on Mondays and Fridays, you're missing out. No agenda stream dot com. But I don't mind these applications. You know, there are, I was using a podcast app that I gave it a try. There were ads in it. And it's like, I liked the app, didn't want the ad. So I paid them the two bucks, whatever it was. 
the ads disappeared. I don't mind the ads in these apps as long as they're giving a buyout and some of them don't. And then those apps I just don't use. I don't mind people that have the ad concept. There was one. This is something else I had never seen before. And I, I really like this because we're all familiar with the websites that you go to now when you're using something like a pie hole or any other kind of ad blocker that won't let you read the site. <laughs> it's like, turn off your ad blocker. Otherwise, you know, they're going to hold the content hostage. And those are the sites I just click off of. Now, yeah, I was going to say the content isn't that important. No, but now this, the register, which is a UK website, the register.com is doing something a little bit different. And I like this concept. I dig it. I mean, this makes a lot more sense to me. They have a message that pops up just on the lower part of the screen. It doesn't really impede your viewing of the page. And I think you can click and get rid of it. But the message is you can leave your ad blocker on. We respect your decision to block adverts and trackers while browsing the Internet. If you'd like to support I've fallen, I've fallen for that ruse before. <laughs> if you'd like to support the registers journalism, though, you can still choose to view a small number of premium adverts on our site by hitting the support button. These heavily I'm, vetted I'm sorry, ads I'm, will not track you. I'm terribly confused. Did you just use the words the register and journalism in the same sentence? Well, they're calling themselves journalists. Uh, it will fund our work. Thanks Citation for reading, needed. commenting, getting involved and being a part of L Reg. But the the concept is good i like this a lot better rather than we're not going to let you read our stuff yes. unless you turn the ads off i like the concept of hey we respect you for turning the ads off but here's a way you can help us out whether that is throw us five cents or whether this is hey these ads won't track you i don't believe that the ads aren't going to track you and all that but no, you shouldn't they're giving you the option they're not holding the content hostage and that won't give me an immediate reason to blacklist the site from ever going there again. I, I, I've, I, I know that there are a number of people out there who are, are like, you know, we, we know that ads are bad, but please turn ours on. We promise right. to respect your, your eyeballs and your attention. And I, I've fallen for that ruse before. Go get yourself a real business model. Maybe one where people can pay you. If, if I, if I can't, if I can't either use your stuff for free or or send you some money, then I'm I'm not I'm not interested in funding a business model through ads. I block ads. I I cut ads out of my life. You know, when when I'm driving down the freeway and there's a bunch of billboards, I just keep my eyes shut for about a half mile. I mean, I just don't want to see no, ads. Just, just focus on the car in front of you. Don't close your eyes while driving. Have a bumper sticker. Just get a Tesla, I guess. <laughs> Oh God, those things, uh, you know, I, I understand that the auto drive works pretty well on those and there's probably millions of miles that have been logged successfully, but every once in a while you hear some story about it, auto driving somebody right into a guardrail. You're like, Oh, especially if they're doing construction or something like that. And the lanes have been reconfigured. That's not oh, yeah. good for self-driving cars. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, when, when they're when they've reconfigured the lanes enough times that it's actually really difficult for a human to tell where the damn lane is. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, it's getting a little bit more difficult. And I, I, I always thought there was no way in my lifetime we were going to see self-driving cars. They're getting way further than I thought they could. But I don't know. A lot of people thought we were going to have flying cars by 2015. I know. And that might actually be safer. I don't know. I know though there's 
there's a reason why uh, a personal vehicles stay in contact with the ground. And that is because in the case of failure, their failure mode is normally they roll to a stop and you get out or in the worst case, they roll, they come to a stop very rapidly against a solid object. But the failure mode for a plane is if the plane suddenly stops working and you're in the sky, you accelerate in the direction of gravity for quite a while before being guaranteed to have that unpleasant impact. Um, it, it is, it is inherently not safe to bulk produce flying cars, you know, especially because, you know, people like to tinker with their own cars and you let you, you get people tinkering and somebody is going to tinker one of their wings off or something. Come on. When are we going to get to the point? We could just open an app, call for a drone that'll just come to our house. It'll land in the front yard. We just jump on it and it takes us wherever we want to go. Uh, it'll be a while. We hope. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, the other thing is, you, you know, the, the airspace is uh, uh, you you we're probably we're generally okay with roads because you can put things like walls and trees around them and then you just imagine the cars are off to the side but how different would society be if every time you looked up here's a bunch of people all up above you looking back down on you is that creepy or what it is which is one of the biggest problems people have with the drones because they're quite often used for spying it's interesting to me looking at the uh, the real estate listings now because every house at least that's listed by the guy that we used when we bought and sold our house the last time they're all using drone footage of the property and it's it's beautiful and it's awesome but it's like this is part of the problem is that these things have high def cameras and they could be flying above your property and there's not really a damn thing you can do about them except bring a shotgun out no. and then that's not legal which either. is entertaining yeah uh Actually, I've seen I've seen some pretty good, like not necessarily shotgun. Um, I've seen people use net guns, just throw a net over it. That screws it up. Yeah, it's low uh, the other probably the most awesome thing I've seen is uh, that you you try get a like an eagle or a falcon or something. Uh, the birds right. of prey will attack <laughs> the crap out of those things and just mess them up. Yeah, I saw I saw a video recently where an eagle went and the drone was called an eagle, too, which I thought was awesome because it was I think it was I think it was a bald eagle that just knock the thing right out of the air like screw you yeah it's i mean i mean if nothing else it's you know it it's it looks like a competing bird and or or maybe prey you know it's oh look there's this little slow hovering thing here i bet i i bet i can eat that and even if it's not it it's probably scaring away the things they're trying to hunt because you know a mouse or something every once in a while will look up and be like there's something up there i should hide and then it's harder to get food. If if you got an eagle who under, you know, may, maybe they're smart enough to understand technology. They'd be like, I don't want this thing scaring all my food away. Damn right. It's the uh, it's the way that we are progressing as a society. Sometimes nature knows better. No doubt about it. Um, now, yeah. are you familiar with Google Web Bundles? Uh, is that the the uh, PWAs or kind of now this? This reminds me of the story that we've been talking about for a while. This this sounds like a Google rebranding of of the the packaged web app. Yes, and uh, what concept? And it seems like what they've been testing, as we've talked about, for mobile devices, 
they're ready to do that for everything, which is going to be just delightful, isn't it? No, it's going to be just delightful. This came from an article just a few hours ago on techradar.com. And I'm like, hey, this is exactly what we've been talking about. Yeah, it says a new web specification that is being uh, tabled by Google could have serious ramifications for the privacy of Internet users and the transparency of the web. A researcher has warned, according to a blog post from a guy named Peter Snyder, who is the senior privacy researcher at Brave Software, you know, of the Brave browser doesn't like this. He says the new standard could render ad blockers redundant, preventing them from intercepting web resources via the usual avenue. So basically, uh, this is nope, very nope, similar not, to not using it then. Yeah, <laughs> I can't block ads, not using it now. Wait till they. Well, because this is now rather than as most people know, and I think most people listening to our show know when somebody goes to a website, whether it's CNN.com, Fox News.com, when they're being served ads, those ads don't come most of the time from CNN or Fox. They come from ad networks, which is what allows a lot of these ad blockers to work. Now, what this is going to do is the same thing. If you've listened to the previous episodes where we've talked about Google doing this on mobile, rather than when somebody goes to that website for Fox or CNN or whatever, rather than getting a bunch of things, which would be you know, the address of the images, the address of any script, the address of any of the ads, the address of any of the text, and they could all be coming from multiple URLs. This packages them all together is what the easiest way to kind of describe it is they're taking all of those resources and putting them into one file, like a PDF where everything's in one file. And then they're shipping that to your browser, which means how do you filter out stuff? You can't because it's all one big document. And that's well, going to be a problem. Uh, current ad blockers can't, but I guarantee that the next generation of ad blockers will be able to pop these things open, pick them apart and tell you which resources they want and which ones they don't. It's, it, it, I mean, you know, people, there are a lot more people wanting to block ads and there are people wanting to write ads, but there's a lot of people on both sides. Yeah. And Google is doing this and, and, and including, I forget who pointed it out to me and I, I apologize for that, but I had posted something about the Google requiring which we've talked about in the past too, the HTTPS, the secure, the encrypted. And they mentioned, well, this hides the data of what people are viewing from their ISPs and everybody else. And Google then is the only one that can give you the yeah. analytics and all of that. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I hides it from everybody but Google. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm like, that's... you know, what? I didn't even think about that. Now, this would be the same thing. If Google's going to start taking websites, and then packaging them together in a way such as this. So they then, go to your website. Then you have to go to Google for your analytics. Yeah. Yeah. That's hey, what what a surprise an ad company decide or you know, or a, a large corporation decides that they want to try to cut out all competition and force people to use their own locked in stuff. Yeah, that that's what they do. Let's cut out the middleman. And uh it's gonna be interesting to see how this goes and what kind of pushback they get from this. Um, you know, it's it's not the way you want to see things going. This is just another step in the direction of less choice for the consumer, and that's not a good thing. And I, so I haven't I haven't studied this this package system. Now now you've got me thinking about it. Uh, if there there might actually be a safety benefit to having all of these delivered at, at once and 
there would definitely be a speed benefit because uh, the thing that slows down web pages the most is every you know every third party request, every single new web request you have to send out to get content for it. So yes. you'll definitely speed it up if you reduce the number of requests and just have it unpacking a, a package. Uh, but the other thing that all of those individual requests do is uh, they are sending your data back to a thousand other places. And it might, I mean, from, from a strict safety thing, uh, Google is already getting your data and this is preventing a lot of other people from getting your data, unless of course they buy it from Google. Right. But that actually is reducing the number of places that your data is being sent. So there is a, a, I mean, I don't, I don't trust Google not to do nefarious stuff with it, but it, it, there is a safety aspect. Yeah. It says the proposed web bundles standard is designed to ensure the integrity of a web page and its sub resources by allowing websites to collect resources together into a single package that would be in a WBN file. So the URLs are going to start being useless. Everything well, unless, is gonna... uh, and unless they encrypt it, I'm not sure how they can ensure the integrity of it. And it will also be served by content delivery networks to serve the sites as opposed to remote yeah. servers. But this is going to run into exactly the same problem that DRM has, which is that uh, your adversary is also the recipient of your message. And that doesn't work as long as I have the ability to control what code is running in my browser. I have the ability to view the web page in the way that I want. If I'm willing to, to modify the code. Right. And that's uh, exactly what the guy from brave says. It says this threatens to change the web from a hyperlinked collection of resources that can be audited, selectively fetched, or even replaced to an opaque all or nothing blob like a PDF or SWF file. Well, okay. Chicken little, <laughs> the sky is falling, but it may be, I, I mean, I, I don't think the sky is falling. I also have, I've seen a whole lot of, of proposals come out. Uh, trying to do very similar things and uh, we'll, we'll see if it catches on. I, I honestly think that uh, things that lock you out of your content are they, I mean, they have an uphill battle to catch on and, and we'll see, we'll see how let's follow this story. See how it goes. Um, I, I, I was involved briefly with a project at Microsoft trying to do the same thing. Now, Microsoft, of course, being uh, relatively incompetent, the, their standard did not catch on worth a crap. But so, I mean, so instead of instead of Google, who has the do no evil slogan, Microsoft's was uh, we would do no evil if we only knew what the fuck that meant. (laughs) No, no. uh, If we only knew how I mean, Google's slogan is not do do, Google slogan. We already established when when Progo was on that Google's slogan is do evil. They just took the no out. Uh, But whereas, you know, Google is the Bond villain. um, It is. Microsoft is more like the Austin Powers villain. Just the uh, so it's it's a it's a spoof. It's kind of like watching airplane or, or uh, yeah or, or uh, uh, who's the like uh, the the a cartoon show what, what am I, uh, the monarch in uh, Venture Brothers who really wants to be evil but is totally crappy at it. <laughs> yeah, I could see I was, that. Yeah, I could see that. I just want to be evil. I do. I do. And then just totally incompetent that 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 kind of he has a microsoft flair to it i can see that yeah so um what else do you want to talk about you know i have a question i have a question for everybody I mean, out there I and i asked that was going to happen and i asked you this question already 
And I think I found the only legitimate answer to my issue, which is this. I've got a few network attached storage devices that have big, big, big shares filled with music. Now, one of them at this point is like 14 terabytes. And what I would like to do is mirror that. But since it's 14 terabytes to mirror that to something, you would need something 14 terabytes because for whatever reason, there is no saw. And I would without actually looking into this. And now I have, I would have thought this was something easy to do with one of these network attached storage devices from the likes of, you know, QNAP. There's a lot of companies that make these devices that have software built in to do all of this, but none of them out of the box. And there's not even any third party software that I found out will allow you to say, plug in two external hard drives to the NAS because I can buy 10 terabyte externals and then mirror that 14 terabyte share and split it between multiple external hard drives. If somebody has a solution for that, I would love to know what it is plugging directly into the network attached storage. The workaround that I've found, and I haven't tested this yet, but it seems in Windows 10, if you plug multiple external USB drives, or whatever, into the device, you can combine them in Windows 10 and it'll look like one big drive. So I believe I might just have to boot up my Windows 10 machine that's sitting next to all the network attached storage devices and just use that with the multiple external hard drives. But I'd like to know if there's a better solution. I don't need I mean, the the network attached storage devices are RAID, sir, met you. But I don't need RAID to just make a backup of that. And I don't really, you know, I just want incremental. So when I add and like say new music, then it just knows to copy that over to the external hard drive. I don't need to copy 14 terabytes of data, you know, every week to make the backups over and over again. But it's it's something that doesn't exist, which is kind of surprising to me because I thought it was getting easier and easier to deal with large amounts of data like this. I did. Yeah, I do. Progo's pointing out you can get USB enclosures. Dude, I do have one of those as well, which I could load up with two drives that will act as one. But there's no solution to do it with just multiple hard drives, plugging those right in to the NAS. Unless you have another solution. Uh, I'm sorry. I got bored waiting. You started that with you have a question. I got bored waiting for a question. I had multiple questions. People in the troll room were even answering. Sir Matthew. Progo? I, I mean, okay, so what's the question? <laughs> How do you do it? How do you do it just directly without using like, Windows 10 to, to actually combine drives? How do I plug in multiple external drives into a network attached storage device and have it do the backups of a, a share well, that's larger? Is it running? Can can you I it's mean, Linux. can you drop a it's, yes. Okay. Yes, well, you can drop a the, package in. Yeah, you can drop a, a drop a script in. I I mean, hello, copy. But it doesn't work because it won't it doesn't do it across multiple drives. It sees those as two individual drives, there, so it won't. There's dozens of, of backup solutions out there that that let you split across drives. Not, it just takes a little bit of logic. I don't think so. Show me one. I would like that answer. I, you have one. If you I, can find one, then no, I, no, I actually now, use I but. actually <laughs> use a separate technique uh, for for my um, and that is uh, delete it all. Because what the fuck do you need that much data for? It's music, baby. Don't you listen to the rock and roll pre-show? No, too much Christmas music. It was one day. One day. You're a curmudgeon. I'm going to do two days of Christmas music this year just for fun. The more Christmas music, the better. 
but I don't think there is any because if there was any easy way, there were a lot. I saw multiple people asking this question in a variety of places online, including your favorite Reddit, including these uh, message systems at QNAP and other NAS device uh, forums. And they all seem to have the same answer, which is no, no, it just can't do that. You need you need a big enough drive. But otherwise, I mean, I did come up with that solution, Windows 10. I did come up with what Progo said, which is go buy a device that can combine the hard drives into one big thing that the device will see. But out of the box, nobody had a solution in software. So if you have one, I'd love to see that where I could just plug in two hard drives that are big enough to handle the one share. And it will look at that and go, wait, is something new? Is something need to be added and back it up? I don't think it works. But if it if it does, I would love it. Yeah, just convert them all to very small MP3s. That would save some space, Progo. That would definitely save some space. But these are the kind of things when you're dealing with this kind of tech that, I mean, one, I understand a lot of people don't have to deal with it. And two, I understand there could be a simple solution as easy as separating all of the music into, you know, artist names ending in certain letters and just have two folders that way. But I'm trying to use a sledgehammer to make it work. I understand there are alternative ways to do things, but I would just kind of like it to work the way I want it to. And this is what we have dudes. Okay. Then if if you need it to work exactly the way you want it to, and there are no packages that, that do what you need that you can just drop in there, then, then here's what you need to do. Get on the learning curve. Get on the learning curve. That's what Progo said. Learn to code. (laughs) (laughs) You would think this would be something that people with NAS devices would want to happen, but we may need to do I mean, that. honestly, if, if, if you can, if you, the source drives, I assume are mounted, if, if you can mount, well, they're in the network attached. Yeah. There is a, yeah. in the network attached storage device has a share that say is 14 terabytes. And I want to back that up to say two external drives that are both plugged in. It sees it as two drives and I want it to so, mirror over to those drives. So this is pretty, I mean, it's pretty trivial if, if you want to go the route of transferring data out of your NAS and then transfer it back into wherever it goes, but that's going to be slow as hell because you're using a network. Right. Uh, if you said your NAS runs Linux, so I mean, if you have the ability to run arbitrary code on there, you can do anything you need. You just mount both drives and stage a copy operation. And I mean, I. I don't personally do backups on Linux, so I'm I'm not versed in this. I know we've got experts who probably are, but I guarantee you that there's probably 375 different homegrown backup solutions that do precisely what you want, and not one of them has a, a marketing budget. So you have to do a little digging to find them. Oh, I've done digging, and nobody seems to think these exist. And it's not just copying it, I mean, because that. I like, kind of get because I mean, then you would have to go right through now, you're, and move all the data again. I'm wanting to look at what's been changed. There's a copy. You know, again, mirror it, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. I want to mirror it. And so when something gets added, it just adds that to one, the, one of the two drives, wherever there's space. And I understand that makes things a little bit more oh, difficult. You're not talking about a single copy operation. You want the, this to be a, a consistent mirror. Yes, yeah, a backup. So when okay. something gets added and that's where the I guess the. Uh, the trick comes in and yes, uh, I was trying Spencer, to figure out how, how it was that you did all this research and you couldn't find a, a, a script that knows how to copy files. Well, because that was not, confused. You, you were looking for something that continues to do so that that is a little more complicated. You have to run a daemon, but it's not impossible. 
Yeah. Write it. We'll, we'll have a server. I think you can make some big money if you can make a NAS device with under Linux to do this. I mean, I mean, a, a bash script in a cron job would do it. Not necessarily the right solution, but that would be a way. That is uh, a challenge. That is a challenge. Well, now that you've you've used up our, our precious podcast time for trying to get the experts in the troll room to we'll see some, solve your personal tech <laughs> issues. Some episodes we give solutions to things. Other episodes, we ask for solutions to things. That's no, how no, the I system it, works. I think it's smart. I mean, it, it's not like we, I mean, we're always hurting for more content in our podcast. So, you know, asking people to solve your tech issues during the live podcast sounds like a really great idea. And people do like the tech content. There's probably somebody else out there. I'm going to guarantee I'm going to get an email from somebody that I've never talked to before that's going to say, hey, I was trying to do the same damn thing. Bet you five bucks. Well, then, then you're both wrong. <laughs> thank you thanks for that but we're still experts absolutely now, and and if i mean if you're looking for an audience full of experts this is the one this is this is the one we dig the experts how many of the experts you think are going to be buying lg's new wearable air purifier now i saw this and i knew this was coming you know i just we didn't have the ability to put this together because i knew this was going to be the product wearable, wearable air purifier so think isn't that a gas mask kind of think gas mask but with hepa filters and fans so this is kind of like taking a fans sound a little disturbing usually like usually when you're you're talking about air going into your lungs you've already got a biological pump that moves that air and trying to force it with a fan is just a way to really confuse your respiratory system. Well, it's to get it into the device because the air is going to have to go through the filter. So obviously the filter would otherwise make it much harder for you to breathe. As if anybody that's worn a mask, you do realize it's a little harder to breathe because there's something blocking the air. Now, the concept for this device. Wait, so so now we're we're developing technology to help. Like you're wearing a fucking ventilator then. Kind of. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's not the uh, the tube's not I mean, going are, down your throat. So I mean, there's are that. Americans now so lazy that we require assistance to breathe? Yes. I mean, this looks like an air purifier that has you know the little holes at the front of it. Then it's going to run through the filters, so that way the air that you breathe will then be crystal yeah. clear. If you hey, believe Maude, it. I- Hey, Maude, I'm I'm feeling a little tired right now. I, I I don't know if I got the energy to breathe. Can you just bring me the ventilator? Thanks. Uh-huh. It will employ two H13 HEPA filters that are very similar, it says, to the ones used in the company's home air purifier products. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know how much how much this thing weighs. I mean, I know people who can't stand wearing the mask. I, 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 <laughs> oh well, let's see. Let's see. It's got it's got filters yes which are a lot of material plastic uh, it's got uh, a fan it's got to have a power source for the fan yes batteries um i'm yeah i mean how how much do you want hanging off of your face kind i mean this does look like something right out of uh, some very bad sci-fi and i i, I just don't get it because ev- at least for me evolution has provided me a, a biological means of moving air in and out of my lungs on my own without anything attached to my face i, I is this not normal for other people now what this is going to do is just bring the air in for you to breathe and allegedly this thing is going to have the ai inside of it you know or sensors i'm guessing more than ai that's probably me adding the wrong word but that will automatically adjust 
depending on your rate of breathing. It'll have a uh, 820 milliamp hour battery, and there's going to be two modes, low, which will give you about uh, eight hours, and uh, high, two hours, so I don't know what happens after that. I mean, you just don't breathe no more. Okay, so uh, Ned just posted uh, an article to it, and I'm I'm looking at a picture of this first time, and I just got to say it. It looks like a cross between like a Darth Vader's mask, yes, and and one of those ball gag looking things that you see in old Civil War era coverings that they use to put over slaves when they talk too much. Yes, oh my and it might god, serve yes, both purposes. Yeah, and the the interesting thing for me is this, because you're seeing in the picture the guy wearing it, his eyes are uncovered, and as we all know. COVID and, can also and enter through your eyes. Dead eyes. Yeah. But if COVID can enter through the eyes too, what good is wearing the stupid mask? Well, and I think, you know, they, they may have screwed up with this COVID thing because they also didn't force mandatory ear plugging so that you can try to avoid any kind of information that might uh, allow you to think critically about this sort of bullshit. Well, no, they should have not ear plugs. They should have the little earbuds that feed their message In right fact, into your brain. You know what? You know what? Instead of just surgical masks, what the the states really need to enforce now is everybody just has to wear a full gimp mask over your head. Just (laughs) just complete like, you know, bonus points if it's latex rubber. Um, And, uh, you know, if you really have to go ahead and cut nose holes so you can breathe. But honestly, I think with a lot of these people, that's not even necessary. They're already brain dead. I I don't get it. Yeah, I don't believe this this thing is going to be. Useful this technology makes me sad. I don't believe it's going to be useful for viruses. I do believe this will become the standard in the construction industry or something very much yeah, like it. I was going to say if if like if you're I could see something like this being useful for uh, firefighters or something like like if you are walking through something where there's a lot of particulate sawdust smoke. Yes. Uh, you know, crap in the air. But I mean, that's what a gas mask is for. This is just a gas mask with a battery and a fan. Yes. But for construction, I can see this would make it easier to breathe rather than have, you know, so this there is going to be a use for this. It's not going to be for viruses. Also, the very first I, the, I, the first line of the Mashable story, fuck you, Mashable. It says face masks are here to stay. No, no, <laughs> fuck you. We are we are going to go back to a period when people can fucking breathe, even if it takes five years, it's going to happen. See, interesting. Shut your damn mouth, Mashable. The first line, because I'm looking at this in an article on TechCrunch, and their first line is, frankly, the most surprising thing about the PuraCare is that more tech companies haven't launched a similar product in recent months. And yes, I'll agree with that, because this seems to be the the people that are knee jerk that will have this, uh, you know, that are scared of the virus that want to do anything they can to stay safe. We'll put that in air quotes for those of you not watching on the video stream that doesn't exist, that people will buy this. It doesn't even have a price, and I don't even think it matters. I'm guessing a minimum of two to no, three hundred bucks. The people who are scared enough will pay it regardless. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what this does, what you know, how often the filters need to be changed. And those will be uh, small. The smaller the filter, the more often it has to be changed. And of course, it'll be a something that only fits your model so they'll be expensive because they'll be proprietary that also also looks like a hard plastic shell on that thing yeah um in in order for it to be useful it needs to be uh it it needs to be relatively skin tight yes and uh, are they acknowledging that different people have differently shaped faces 
you know, I don't know if there's a soft rubber underneath. I'm sure that more information will come out, but I would hope that there's even though if there is I being airtight is very hard to do, especially with people with beards, stuff like that. You're going to run into issues or or, or just people with skin. I mean, you you have skin skin is I I do. We can, we it's can. not even uh, unlike some of the people running this country right now. It's not even that that fake latex stuff over the scales. I mean, crazy glue would probably help you get a nice seal. Yes, but I don't want a nice. seal. <laughs> I'm not going to wear this. I, you know what? Everything about this is completely stupid, with one exception, and that is the company that made it. Uh, it that's it's kind of genius, um, not because. You know, if, okay, there might be people at the company who honestly think this is something anyone needs, and that's not true. But there's clearly somebody at the company who thinks this is something people will pay for. And the point to providing a product is get somebody to pay for something, even if it's, uh, even if it's completely pointless. You know, even if you've sold them something that, like a, you know, like a, a selling freezers to Eskimos or or iPhones to people in Silicon Valley that they totally don't need and is going to hurt their life. If people can pay for it, that's a great business move. So I applaud LG for this. Yeah. And being, I, I'm guessing the first talk of this was like five months ago. It doesn't say that, but I'm guessing that's about when somebody's like, Hey, you know what we can make and yeah. to go from that to it's coming and, out. And, it's impressive. And getting people to buy it. This is some PT Barnum level shit. I, I, I really, I genius well, marketing. Just wait to the companies that then There's have the, born the, every minute the way you can make them your own, like with all the masks, that's all the rage. It's not just buy a mask, wear a mask. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, your own personality. You can have, of course, we have the no agenda masks and gators. We have grumpy old Ben's mask that you can go buy at grumpy Everybody wants to have their own little bit of artwork on them. This is just giving you a lot more room to have some cool artwork. Yeah. Yeah. The the image that I'm looking at, it, it's blank, but you know that it the very least that some colored sharpie and sprite spruce that right up i can see yeah i can see you just writing a love letter to governor insley on yours and walking around downtown seattle if if if, you know except for the fact that i'm not gonna wear shit like this maybe i should just like carve a love letter to governor insley in my beard or something and walk around without a mask because fuck you and your slave diapers how do you really feel though i mean a little cranky did you vote for him? Because, I mean, I know you you're doing mail in voting there. So have you already voted? Have they sent I, out I the ballots? Um, I don't know if I voted for him. <laughs> you, you, I didn't write it down. Your but, wife didn't tell you. Uh, no. Well, I, I, who knows where these ballots go after I drop it in the box? <laughs> that is I was looking for text stories this morning and I came across one on CNET, which did make me just go. I won't be going back to CNET for any information for a long time. Just on the headline which was how to commit mail-in voting fraud. And then in parentheses, it's nearly impossible. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you talking but, about? But fo- follow, follow this handy guide though. Right. Yes, I don't know. I was like, what do you mean? How to commit oh. mail-in Ste- voting step fraud? One, open the control panel and disable all your security. What? Oh no. Yeah. They're, they're talking you know, about how impossible it is to do this. And it's like, you don't understand. You're not really looking at it, CNET, from the the I, wide I, angle. Well, it's also a simplistic pre- premise in their headline because you can, I mean, it, it, for me to commit voting fraud would not be easy for, say, somebody who has the key 
to the ballot storage room in the local, you know, state offices. I think it could be done. Well, or anybody, as it was pointed out already, printing up fake ballots and sending them to neighborhoods. You know, this is we we, we might need to get uh, DC girl back on to talk about uh, the election stuff. Yeah, she was it, talking about I, being back on, you know, around the election, either right after. But maybe there is some stuff that could be covered before as well. well I think right after there's going to be news. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it all depends. It might be weeks or months, because if you saw when yeah, Hillary telling Joe, no matter what happens on election night, don't concede no matter what. It's like, really? But you're the one saying Trump's nuts and he's not going to leave if the, the vote doesn't go his way. But you're the asshole now telling Biden, no matter what, Joe, don't don't concede. Hillary still hasn't conceded from 2016. She still thinks she won. Yeah. I saw the most awesome Babylon B headline uh, the, this week. It was uh, they are hitting it. Yeah, they they're they're freaking nailing it. Um, it was Trump might not accept the results of the 2020 election, says movement that still hasn't accepted the results of the 2016 election. Right. Resist. The resist folks <laughs> want rationality. That doesn't make sense to me. Because resist is not rationality. The, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced that there's any rationality to be had in modern politics today. That's probably true. And I don't think it's getting better. And I do think the social media on, on two things. There's been a few conversations I've watched and you know dabbled in a little bit. And with no agenda producers who this isn't you can't deal with the insane people any longer on the social media. And I am doing more and more just on no agenda social because you can actually have somewhat of a conversation because I do believe social media is having an effect, a big effect on the way people feel about things. But it's twofold. One is the fact that nobody really wants to do their own fact checking. They'll see something and they believe it. We know confirmation bias. We've talked about that before. And the other is people just lie and people don't understand that. And somebody had a a breakdown of the same story, which was the guy that was shot by the police in Kenosha and just kind of showing, well, here was what happened. You know, here's the basics. And then here's how the left covered it. And here's how the right covered it. And neither one of them got it 100 percent correct. But we then saw how those stories spawned other stories, which spawned social media post it's kind of like when you were in uh, school did you do that little experiment where the teacher whispers a sentence to the first kid in class and then they whisper it to everybody till it gets to the end and how much you know how different the sentence is if it's even oh, yeah. like the original one that's well, our I, new I world was, i was that one smart ass in in the line that if somebody told me you know they're there are butterflies in the wind then i'd turn around and tell the next person you know the sun is shining over denver or something I'm surprised you just didn't just turn around with go, I, everything with you. I would have thought everything would have been like, go fuck yourself. Would have been just that would have been the no, message. I, <laughs> I, I, I was I was not evil when I was a kid. Wait, when did that happen then? I, I'm I, I, I <laughs> research right. needed. Yes, <laughs> I think we need to commission a study. Uh, normally, I would be normally I'm with you with regards to that. You, you started saying. Uh, that you go to no agenda social because it's one of the only sane places. I will tell you though, that with, with this Kenosha stuff, I, I started to question that. Uh, I just, I, I, to, to all of the people on no agenda social, y'all are, uh, 
a bunch of fucking bloodthirsty a-holes over this Kyle Rittenhouse thing. I just need to say that. Now, that's um, the, that was the kid that shot the so, guy because they so, were coming after him, right? Yeah. So uh, here is I, I, I looked at some of the videos and here is the the trying to get it as an unbiased set of facts. Uh, he was standing in front of a, a, an auto dealership, uh, presumably guarding it with an AR-15 in his hand. Um, uh, a bunch of people from the uh, rioter slash protester, depending on which term you use, um, rolled up on him. They were they started to harass uh, one of them uh, through what looked like a rock or a brick or something. Um, yeah, there was a gunshot that went off elsewhere. Um, dude reacted to that uh, uh, right as someone was charging at him. He shot that dude. Then another dude comes in and tries to Babe Ruth him with a skateboard. Uh, he shot that guy. Another one had a pistol in his hand and was charging at him. He shot that dude in the arm. Um, then he did what he could to leave the scene. Now, at this point, it's it's really hard to find any kind of story, because if you if you look at the posts on Facebook, the dude with the skateboard is a national treasure and will be missed always. And we're probably going to riot for another 90 days in his honor because he was trying to, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, righteously punch a Nazi or something. Um, however, if you look at the dude, uh, the the people on No Agenda Social there. I mean, for one thing, I've seen more graphic fucking blood of this asshole's arm on No Agenda Social than I ever wanted to. And nobody seems to be, uh, you know, spoiling that or anything. Uh, but it, it apparently, you know, everybody's like, yeah, hell yeah, America, America. Yeah, uh, this is what happens. We're going to kill you all. And like so many uh, violent threats and basically people trying to egg on uh, armed open violence a, a you know, civil war in this country it, i know that we have people in in the no agenda community who are veterans uh who are old enough to have been in the last real war that we had you know i i, I don't depending on what you mean by real that could be vietnam or or something else but um war is not fun and violence and people shooting each other is not fun. And if there is any possible way to avoid people openly shooting each other in the streets, I would rather take that. And the the number of people who are like, yeah, this is how it begins. And, you know, the 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 hero who you went and murdered a bunch of commies I'm like, no. They, OK, first of all, it doesn't matter what somebody believes, what their ideology is. It doesn't matter how retarded and underinformed and over socialized somebody is it's not fucking cool when somebody goes out and gets killed that's just know that there are lots and like you know go ahead and and make it so that you don't have to pay attention to this guy that's fine but don't you, you should not be cheering on the death of other human beings that makes you a bad person um citation needed but Going out and like, there are a lot of people who have never experienced real conflict in this world and are going out and actually seem to be cheering on the idea that they're going to be able to get out and shoot some commies. And that sickens me. And then, oh, the, the other thing that I saw, I saw somebody else on, you know, had to, had to 
attack this straw man. I saw someone on No Agenda Social being very proud saying, I don't vote because I don't want to take part in a corrupt system. And uh, <laughs> I, th- that also, I the, 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 the thought process behind that just completely baffles me because, you, you know, you've cut yourself off from the last means of peaceably peacefully resolving this issue. Right. Uh, if, if you, if you decide not to vote, then other people will. And in, in so much as it's possible to resolve this without going out and getting 20% of us killed by fighting in the streets that destroys uh, all of our, all of the society and culture that we've built up in the last 200 years. Uh, the only way to get around that is to try to end this somehow without having to fight. And if you decide not to vote, you don't have a say in how this can be peace, peacefully resolved. And you are, you, it's, it's the same thing as going out and standing up and saying, I want to shoot me some commies. Well, that's great, but some commies are going to fucking shoot back. And, you know, even if you're not the one getting killed, your loved ones will, or your family or your, your parents or your kids i mean people die in war and it's not fun and it's not cool and glorifying this shit whether you're hollywood or some a right-wing adult jackass on no agenda social is not going to make it any better when your fucking family members get murdered because you couldn't see a way to get along with other people just because everybody seemed to think in different ideologies well, this is what happens in the vacuum of law and order. There's no question about it. And it was not a quick response. We have seen the rioting and looting going on, the burning of cities now for weeks. We've all heard the stories of the governors and the mayors who refused to do anything about it. You saw what happened there with your little chopper Chaz zone in Seattle. Oh, yeah. And this and is where people need to be. These people need to be removed from office, but I stop well short of calling for their deaths, which is something oh, yeah. that I have seen. No, you're not. No, it's not people calling for their deaths. Now, this kid that I, showed I've up, seen it. I think he was, you know, meaning well. I mean, I don't know. I don't know him. So I'm not going to say I know that for sure. But anybody that gets out there with a weapon and says, I'm going to protect somebody's property or their lives. And then somebody comes in and attacks them. This is what's going to happen. And this is a reaction to the fact that the official law enforcement hasn't been allowed to do their job. Now, oh, yes, there's and a certain I, I amount put this entirely on the shoulders of. Well, I, I mean, the tra- over socializing and under informing the kids is something that I put on the shoulders of, of academia and a lot of the institutions. But. The breakdown of law and order is entirely the fault of these uh, mostly dem- Democrat controlled uh, officials who are going out and virtue signaling saying, you know, we don't need police. And, well, uh, and these idiot kids that are out there with their cell phones recording this like it's some kind of video game. Again, where the hell are their parents? What have they been taught? And, you know, I have very little. Um, you know, I'm not going to cry for idiots that put themselves in harm's way and get hurt, but there's something that needs to be done. There needs to be law and order, which is why people that commit crimes need to be held accountable. Now, we don't necessarily want to go back to what happened here in Chicago in 1968, which were the riots surrounding the Democratic National Convention. But that's when a Democratic mayor, which was Bill Daley, the older 
that when these riots had gotten out of hand, he had a very simple uh, order for the police shoot to kill. And you know what? The rioters got the hell out of Dodge. And yeah, well, the, the, the ones who were smart did. Yeah. Well, there you go. But see, this is these are two totally different ways of looking at it. People yes. could tell you that uh, Mayor Daly was way heavy handed. And I can understand the case can be made for that. Yes. But on the other side, doing nothing and letting these people continue to do this stuff. There's got to be a breaking point. And then this is where your average citizens get out there with their nine millimeter handguns or their AR-15s and say, we've had enough. And now you have no control. This is and and I I I can't blame the the 17 year old kid who I, I from every indication, it looked like he was the reason he was out there was he was trying to protect property. And uh, you can you can definitely argue that he was, you know, that that property is less important than life and and that he, he probably shouldn't have been doing that. I'm willing, you know, I'm willing to hear those arguments. I don't necessarily agree with them, but regardless, he was out there trying to protect property. OK, why? Why did he feel like he needed to be protecting property? Well, because the police weren't because the police were told to hold back. And if there's anybody who needs to be prosecuted, thrown in a gulag and made to wear this stupid ventilator on their face for the rest of their life it's the people who told the police to hold back and and are effectively fanning the flames what my little rant was about which i got i got blue douche in the troll room who is a known uh you know far right wing white supremacist or at least that's i think what they're, no, they're he's, calling he's a these blue days. supremacist he's a oh, well he's he's a blue douche supremacist i'll give you that much um I I got him to roll his eyes. The only thing I was good getting at with that rant was uh, just because these fucking assholes on the left are trying to get us all to fight. It it takes two to tango. And if the only way that they succeed in starting a shooting civil war is if you also rise to the bait and go up and, and stand out there and post on social media that you're going to go out and murder some commies or whatever you do. If they can't get people to engage, there's not going to be a shooting war. And eventually, although it takes a very freaking long time, you end up with things like, you know, there, there are still a lot of people in this country who believe that the justice system works and they might be deluded. But, you know, the the U.S. Department of Justice are now investigating the governors who decided to send people to covid death camps you know that that sort of thing it the tennessee house recently passed bill sb8005 which cracks down strongly on the you know what every article i found called protesters but really rioters the process can work it just takes a really long time if you don't escalate yeah yeah and blue deuce says he thinks you two agree more than disagree and i don't doubt that for a minute it's the fact that people are not being held accountable which means you feel like you have a get out of jail free card. And that's a very dangerous thing when people are out there rioting, looting, causing damage because people are getting killed. There was the woman that spoke at the Republican National Convention that her husband worked as a security guard for a pawn shop. And he was the guy that got killed a few weeks back because people broke in and he went to try to stop them and they killed him. Because that's what that's what the peaceful rioters and looters do. And I don't have any problem with people protecting themselves or their property. I don't. I, I, I absolutely have a problem when it comes to violence, because that means that all other forms of resolving broke down. 
that said, I completely understand that it happens. Yeah. I mean, it's again, that's one and, of these cases and, where it, and yeah. I absolutely place recriminations on every one of the people who seem to be trying to encourage that. And right now, that absolutely includes the asshole mayors who are telling the cops not to enforce laws. Yeah. And Joe Biden, or, who says that the, Donald the prosecutors Trump, who started this by saying, yeah, you know, petty crime, we don't care. Well, these are the prosecutors. Kim Fox here in Cook County, two million bucks from Soros's organization to get her elected. Now, you know why, folks. Now, you know why. Same thing in New York. The I love when the New York police chief speaking out, telling you exactly why this stuff's going on. Uh, it's not it's not hard to figure out. And I don't think people should be the ones to instigate violence. But if your life is in danger, by all means, protect yourself in any way that you need to do so and let it go to court afterwards. If you have to better to be uh, sorry than dead, I guess, is the is the bottom line here. But the people that I have no time for are these assholes in the NBA and in Major League Baseball who now think just coming out and saying we're not playing today in support of these protesters and in support of a felon who was looked like he was going for a weapon who already had fought with cops. I don't know why you want to back well, people that are straight out criminals. But when this comes down to we're just not going to play today, it's like, screw you. What does that really accomplish? That is the ultimate in virtue signaling bullshit. Uh, if if I may call back to to something that I said earlier in this very episode, um, I am under absolutely no obligation to prop up their failing business model. And I I have to admit, you know, I, I followed the Seattle Mariners, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, baseball was a little bit uh, football. I was really into. I really could not give a flying crap about any sports this year. The everything around these industries have completely turned me off and they like you know i i've got i've got some notes on uh you know industries that are trying to woke themselves out of business and nba nfl mlb and nascar are listed on that list for precisely that reason uh people don't watch sports because they you know if somebody wants to to really get pissed off at politics and get really involved and and receive political messages they'll go watch msnbc people watch sports to get away from that kind of crap and i i don't understand how these people don't realize how much they are poisoning their own fan base duodenum and sir omaha both agree that getting my nas backed up was a better topic than this (laughs) yeah i believe that (laughs) but yeah i see i just don't get it with the baseball with the with the nba I want to know if any of these guys, and I asked the question seriously on Twitter and didn't get an answer because Twitter is useless for anything. Any of these guys that are standing up for this racial injustice, I want to know if any of them have spoken out, especially the ones that play here in Chicago, have spoken out on the violence black on black in Chicago or in St. Louis or in Baltimore. I mean, if you're going to stand up and say Black Lives Matter again, maybe you want to include all of them. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Because otherwise, it doesn't mean anything to me. And it shows I, what kind of hypocrites they are. You, you know, you know, my position on this. We're never going to get past, the, you know, systemic racism in society. Right. By and, and calling every, out differences. Oh, geez. Everybody that says that word. I wish they had to explain <laughs> one concrete example, because then maybe things could start being talked about and things could start actually being fixed. 
But when people well, just say stuff like, well, yes, of course, it's the systemic racism. Like, OK, but like where? And they go, well, oh, okay. you know, OK, the uh, the California legislature who are trying to institute uh, affirmative action, that is that it, the California legislature is a system that's racism. Uh, the uh, the no, no, they that think are, that's the opposite, though, of racism. It, I, I understand that they're not thinking very well. They're, that's they're true. Wrong. That's true. Um, the the gender studies professors who are teaching people that uh, the you know by virtue of the color of your skin you are automatically less. That is racism, and therefore the gender studies department that's a system or an institution. You know what? What are these institutions? The the legislatures in Democrat states, uh, the mainstream media, the academic system. These are all institutions or systems. And they are objectively practicing racism. That's the institutional racism that I see is the racism in these big institutions that are teaching people to hate each other based on their skin color. And uh, like I said, the, we are never as a society going to get past racism. No, the, I don't know what the solution is to to end racism in our society. But I can think of a lot of things that aren't the solution. And the number one thing that is not the solution is to constantly be dividing people by uh, skin color or by race. It, it, yeah, I guarantee that is as long as we do that, we cannot end racism in society. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's why it's why I still cringe every single time I hear somebody talking about, well, the blacks believe this. Like, no, you you are a person believes something. A, a demographic group is is a statistical abstraction that doesn't have independent thought. But, you know, if if you commit the fallacy of stereotyping in order to do that, you are facilitating racism or or discrimination of some kind. We well, yeah, any poll is using generalizations. They separate people by various things. I mean, which is why all of this targeted advertising should be great because they're trying to figure out who you are, not as part of a big group that says, oh, you're white, you're black, you should want this or this. But, you know, that has its own issues to go along with it. There was one of these polls I saw the other day, which just made me cringe because we know that the answers they get really depends upon how the questions are phrased. But it shows you the amount of orange man bad. It shows you the amount of Trump derangement syndrome in the world because they asked the Americans. Uh, we, we talk about how many people have died due to covid. How many people find this to be an ex, uh, acceptable number, I think, was the, the question. And 90 percent of Democrats, of course, said, well, unacceptable. And it was something like 57 percent of Republicans that said, it was an acceptable number. Now, anybody that has half a brain would say, well, what, what the fuck does that mean? An acceptable number? Yes, that's that's exactly <laughs> it, because anybody with half a brain would want this broken down into a question that was a little bit more I, legitimate. I, I mean, OK, is I mean, it, zero deaths, I would say, are yeah. acceptable. Yeah, but not not realistic. Right. See, every single time somebody dies, it is a tragedy. But it's also something that happens to every goddamn one of us. And the people who are insisting we have to have zero deaths. Well, what you're demanding is immortality. And when you come up with that, I'll go ahead and sign on, too. But I don't think it's going to happen. You're going to die. The question is how and when. And it is unreasonable and unrealistic to say, 
we require that nobody die. They there there is no that doesn't work with humans. No. And CNN had a very misleading headline with something like the United States has handled the coronavirus the worst. Well, it was a poll that their citizens said that it's like why are their citizens saying it because the media is saying it what did they pull the assholes in the newsroom i think so cnn has handled the coronavirus the worst yeah yes. that. you know and it's one of these things where it's like well for me to tell you whether or not the amount of deaths due to a virus in the united states is acceptable or not would only be possible as compared to the death rate from the same virus in other countries and when you look at that I talked about this on random thoughts. I think it is like if we were like 45th on the list. If you were going by how many people per million or whatever the, the stat was, it's like the United States did not handle this the worst. They did not get hit the worst. But when the media repeats something enough, that's what people hear. That's why 90 percent of Democrats are going, well, of course, the United States, they handle this worse than anybody else. It's like the reality. Again, this brings us right back to the story following it go down the left path and following it down the right path and seeing how vastly the stories could be different. And there's no answer to that. There really is no answer to that. That's why it starts getting really worrisome when you hear uh, Blue Douche 33 was talking about this before the show, that there's people pulling Mastodon apps from the Play Store, the Apple Store, whichever. And I can I didn't find anything on that, but I can believe that's happening. It's been happening before. Because anything considered free speech is now considered evil. Does anybody dangerous. think does anybody think that these stores are in any way equitable or equality? They, they are. These stores are hostile territory. If if you're running Android, you need to get the fuck out of the Play Store and just shut that down. Uninstall it if you know how. And go install F-Droid or something open source that isn't censoring apps. The That's hostile territory. And all, if you're running iOS, then you need to either root your device so you can put an alternate store on or just throw the thing away and go get a, a, a phone that you can put an alternate store. Because these app stores are un, they're 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 enemy territory. They are uh, censoring things. They are trying to warp your mind. They're they're distributing apps that contain the mintergirl sdk um that yeah don't get your apps from there like i mean don't install apps is is the general advice but if you have to like i i found myself in need of a, a qr code reader the other day and uh i i typed in qr to see if it was there was one installed already on there and my phone decided that it wanted to pop up the entry in the play store which of course wouldn't install because the play store i've, I've deleted it key components so that i can't install stuff there but i found a, an open source one called uh, binary eye on fdroid store worked really well it's like okay i don't need to get crap out of the play store anymore well and it is important to point out that how much control there really is over what you can access again just based upon the devices that you're using and the people that control those devices are a very small group of people from the phone manufacturers to the cell phone providers. It's it's a scary situation when you realize who's really the ones calling the shots on what you can and cannot do. Oh, and as long as we're up here, I've got I've got a couple updates on the uh, the Apple uh, lawsuit front. Oh, is this, is this more if, on if the uh, the Fortnite thing? 
Well, one of them is um, there. There hasn't been a hell of a lot of new news. The the last time we spoke about that, uh, Apple was threatening to um, had had blocked Fortnite from the store and was threatening to take uh, Epic's developer key away. And lots of other people around the the games industry were backing Epic in that particular move because they don't want the Unreal Engine to get unsupported. Um, the what I had said we we talked about this on I think it was Monday, anyways. Um, the injunction, the the judge issued an injunction to prevent Apple from removing Epic's dev key. So Epic still has a dev key for iOS, uh, a dev account, and still has the ability to support Unreal Engine. So companies like Microsoft did get the benefit of that. Um, Epic had also asked to the uh, the judge to put Fortnite back in the app store. The judge rejected that. Um, so Fortnite is still out and anybody playing Fortnite on iOS is not getting any updates anymore. And the game will soon be unplayable if it's not already. Uh, let's see. Uh, when I was looking up, I was you know, poking around looking for news on the Apple lawsuit. Of course it didn't occur to me, but I, I should have known that there were other Apple lawsuits too. Uh, one of them was a class action suit. Uh, over power beats to having charging issues uh apple settled this for 10 million dollars uh to settle the class action um the class action alleged that a design defect caused them to the power beats to to stop holding a charge after a short amount of time that sounds like a hell of a defect to me well, well, the beats uh, sound like crap. So when their battery dies, they're, they're just <laughs> that might be an improvement. Yeah. Uh, but the thing, the thing that uh that was also in the suit that seemed a lot more nefarious was uh, it, it, de- it detailed uh, a pattern where Apple was waiting until the end of the one year warranty period before they would repair or replace, thus forcing you to buy a new pair instead of uh, repairing like you, you would this, the battery would die within six months and then you would send in and say, I need you to replace this. And Apple would intentionally wait until the end of your warranty before sending you a repair a replacement and then charging you for it because it was out of warranty. It sounds like a good way to generate that, some cash. That was, that was one of the things alleged in this particular class action. Anyways, the only thing that we know for sure, because the, the details um, is that no judge, no judge ruled on this, but Apple has decided to pay $10 million to, the class in order to make the whole thing go away. And then the other piece of Apple news is, um, well, let's, let's start with uh, a feature that Facebook rolled out. And this is one of the few places where I'm not going to, I'm not going to paint Facebook in an evil light. I mean, I don't have to, cause they're pretty damn good at that themselves, but um, Facebook rolled out a feature that lets users buy tickets for online events through an app, which means that, uh, it, it's kind of like um, like no agenda meetups that we've used, where if you want to create an online event, you would go into Facebook and you would set up uh, here is an online event and they wanted to be able to sell tickets. I think the point of this is is like online concerts and things. Um, so Facebook set up this feature that allowed an event organizer to sell tickets through their app. Now. The way that these work, Facebook was not taking a cut, which means that if you say, I want to sell this online ticket for $10, the $10 goes to the organizers. 
if you sign up on the Facebook website. However, if you used the Apple Facebook app and wanted to buy a $10 ticket, 30% of that goes to Apple and the other 70% goes to the organizers, which means the organizers get shorted. So the Facebook, Facebook put an update into their app, which the one of the, or the, the, what happened was when, when you click, I want to purchase this, um, you know, you, if, if you're purchasing one of these, it's because you want to give money to another Facebook users and Facebook is just trying to facilitate this. Right. And they included the line underneath the button in small text. Apple takes 30% of this purchase. Click here to learn more. And Apple blocked the app update saying that it violated an app store rule that doesn't let developers show quote, irrelevant information to users. <laughs> Relevant. So Apple seems to think that the fact that you are only giving seven, if, when you try to give money to another Facebook user, they're only getting 70% of it. And the other 30% is being stolen by Apple. They seem to think that that's irrelevant. I would think it sounds so, relevant to a very bad business I, model. I would, I would argue that's relevant to a lot of users. Yeah. Where the money's actually going is important. No question about it. I think people want to know that. And was just looking at a couple of the articles that uh, Sir Omaha posted. It does seem like there are apps that are getting uh, targeted because they allow access to the Fediverse. And if that keeps happening, there's one way to make Google stop that. And that is to stop using their products and let them know why. I, it's it's getting scary that I mean, what, how, when you get to the point where you have an open Internet and we know, as we talked about with these other Google blobs things, maybe the whole concept of a free Internet is going to be quickly dying because if Google's really going to start removing apps because you can access hate speech through something like the Fediverse, then you really can't allow people to access email. You really can't allow them to access the Internet on a whole. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What can you access if you want to avoid all hate speech? Um, I, I when I want to avoid hate speech, I access my cat. But your cat sometimes gives you hate speech. He made you bleed well, the other day. Uh, yeah, but he didn't hate me when he did it. No, he, 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 was, he was he was lovingly clawing me. It was a love injury. He does, he does judge me all the time, usually around mealtime. Just to see what you're giving him. And if you give him better food. Well, no, unless we always we always. I always feed him at about 7 p.m. every and and about 6:30 yesterday. I was in the kitchen near where I fix the food, doing dishes, and the cat is just sitting there on the floor, right where I usually put the food dish down, and staring at me like he was judging me the whole time. And I like you said something like, you know, go away, you little furry fuck. It's too early. And he didn't believe me, but I turn around, do some more dishes, and then when I turn around next. The, the cat other cat is sitting in exactly the same spot, <laughs> staring at me. Now, both or did the other one leave? Yeah, they they switched. <laughs> they, the other was, one was exactly the same position, exactly you know, being judged by a cat. It just was the other cat. Suddenly, the other one went for a butcher knife. Like, I don't know. This guy's going to this guy's going to feed us or else. I don't know. But we do have some experts to thank. And let's do that right now. Because we appreciate everybody for listening, especially people that hang out live with us while we're doing this noon Eastern noagendastream.com. But supporting the show, becoming an expert, we do the value for value thing. So when people think that our show was good enough for them to be separated from some of their hard earned cash, we greatly appreciate it. It's a humbling thing. Number one today, 
Sir Lee Mofo. I saw him in the uh, troll room with twenty seven fifty five, which is half of the double nickels on the dime, which is, he says, half the double nickels grump on grumpsters. So he wants us to be more grump. I, I I'm not sure I have it in me. I think you I don't know. I think you can move it. See, that's the problem when you start. Um, There's like a, a, a grumpy critical mass that you, you don't want to go past. There's no like overhead, like with your cable connection. There's no extra little Bemrose right above. I mean, you promise us like a nine on the grump scale, but there's still a little buffer that you can still get a little faster, a little more. No, all the, all the little Bemroses are, are over at, uh, at Bemlet's place. Yeah, he's got a lot of kids. There's no doubt about it. None of them look like him, I've heard, though, so I don't know well, what's going he, on he there. Has, he has a lot more than I do. Oh, he, does he, does uh, he have all the per, cats, per, though? No. No, he has only 50% the cats that I do. See, that's uh, the kids and cats. But he has infinitely more children, which is to say, you know, I have none and he has two. That is infinitely more. See, this is where math gets really hard. Yes. Yes. And (laughs) this is why it's so easy to lie with statistics. Whenever you see somebody say like, you know, well, we went over 8% of COVID tests turn positive and therefore no rights for you. You know, like, okay, you know what? It, you you want to improve this world, then it, you punch a Nazi is not it, that's what the way Antifa's doing it. But you really want to make the world better. You want to make the world a, a more sane and less propagandized place. Go punch a statistician. There is a really famous book too. I don't I don't remember who wrote it, but how to lie with statistics. There's uh it's not a hard thing to figure out. You can Yeah, does there need to be a book? If you want to do, I mean, it's kind of like the CNET thing, how to commit mail fraud. It's really hard. It's impossible. You can't, you can't do it, which I don't believe for a minute, but Hey, moving on. Thank you. Certainly mofo. We have one O-N-E from no agenda social with 20 bucks. He says, hello, grumpy old Ben's episode 88 has been the best tech talk I've heard in a long while anywhere where other tech orientated media has fallen grumpy old Benz has delivered no boner pill ads i mean there might be some boner jokes here and there no ad pushing <laughs> about shit you guys don't nor would ever use interrupting the flow of conversation informative good fun living life conversations no one gets offended Benz with hairy balls lol thank you for your courage and <laughs> doing the work well yeah that was with proga we thought maybe he was living in the yes. area where where uh you know harry um Harry Ball set was with Harry something or Harry Big Balls. That was it. The mobster name we came up with. I, I feel like the last couple episodes were really good. And uh, I, I just wanted to bask in the awesomeness of our last few episodes a little bit longer, which is why I didn't bring my A game today. <laughs> which is why you went to uh, you. You toned it down a little bit so we could yeah. stay in the zone. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I'm only on. I Today I was on about 75 percent Bemrose. Well, it was nice because I think Progo helped get us back into the tech vein. I mean, we still talked about non-tech things today, but we've been kind of trying to focus a little bit more on tech. I mean, even my problems of getting my NAS working to do the backups. This, I think people like. I said this from day one, and if anybody disagrees with this, you can let me know. But I thought that there was a need for a podcast like Leo Laporte does, but actually giving good tech information. So where Leo's doing wait, this wait, for people whoa. who know nothing about what, tech what podcast is that I'm just saying they Good. That's what people want. They well, want. Okay. Then why aren't we doing that? We're trying to. 
We or should, good tech information. I, yes. You didn't tell me about that part. You just wanted. Oh, you just heard tech. You, you didn't know it was supposed to be good information. I get it. I get it. We are. We are grumpy old Ben's, which we stole the concept from John C. Dvorak. We just took the cranky geeks thing and we don't always have guests come on. But otherwise, that's pretty much the show we're doing without video because we're not as pretty as John C. Dvorak. You know, you, you, you don't want me on video. No, no. So that I, was from one. I get grumpy. We appreciate that one. Yes. O-N-E from N-A-S. And then we have Arnaud Langerak. I probably butchered that name. I apologize. At 15 bucks says, hi, grumpy old Benz. Thanks to your show. I figured out why I couldn't locate my network attached storage anymore for the last few years. Turned on the Samba briefly. It's off again and it connected again. Well, turns out I have a bigger problem because the hard drive in it is fried. So all my data is gone anyway. Oh, I hate to hear that. Ooh, wow. With the, I, I hope you had other backups. Yeah. He said, all of my obscure music is now missing from 10 years ago. I said, hey, I've got a lot of music. I don't know if I'm really into the obscure stuff. I mean, I've got all the classic music. You if know. you have 14 terabytes, then you have we a have, lot of obscure stuff. We have some obscure stuff, at least. That's what I'm like. Hey, if you need us to help you rebuild that, Arnaud, I mean, just reach out. Tell me what you're looking for. We know where to find a lot of stuff, uh, but he says, yeah, that's all gone. And then he had the little kind of frowny sideways face with, oh, well, keep on being grumpy. I mean, there's really we don't have much of a choice when it comes to being grumpy. I don't think it, uh, you know, it, it started just as being a good name. And it was it was debatable at that point before episode. Well, one. The, the, the word grumpy was was your suggestion. And it came out pretty much the moment that you first talked to me. Yeah, it's like, let's do a podcast. We'll call it Grumpy Old Ben's. And you're like, yeah. but people outside of No Agenda won't know what a Ben is. It's like, well, we can just. Oh, that, that, yeah. And we I, stopped. I still maintain that. <laughs> we stopped reminding them about 85 shows ago. A Ben is a tech guy. Long story short. Yes. In case you're confused still by the name, there, they're like, yes. And this and is. We, we might, we might get into the long story again. In fact, if, if I can convince Darren to do any updates to the site, we could put up a page that just tells the, the story of where the dude named Ben came from. Then again, I can't get Darren to put my own fucking name on the website right now. He still seems to think that that I'm a temporary co-host and he's going to find a better one. Yeah, I'm in negotiations with uh, Progo and uh, Spencer and Fletcher and, uh, you know, they're all quality people, but they can't get as angry as me. And you know that And none of them are named Ben. Now, if there was a guy named Ben, I mean, I might have to give him some serious thoughts. So if you want to, I'm I'm close. I'm the official no agenda dude named Ben. That's true. One letter, one difference. I mean, people listening that are like, wait, Kate, so it's grumpy old Ben's, but the guy's named Darren and the guy's named Ryan. Did something happen that just means a tech guy? Yes. Long story short. And next on the list, our buddy truck driver two over from network, uh, no agenda social as well. See, this is why no agenda social is the place to be and not Twitter, because yes. the good people are over on no agenda social and truck drivers it, it, always as long as in. you can. As long as you can get the Mastodon apps. Yeah. For, well, yeah. Grab as many as you can right now in case they become harder to get. But he's a guy that's always you know requesting some tunes, listening while we do the rock and roll pre-show while he's out there doing his thing out on the road. And he's his note simple. Just keep up the great podcast. So I guess he's talking about this one. I don't know. Uh, uh, no, there. I don't. I, I I'm perfect. Thank you for your money. Um, I'm not sure what podcast you're talking about, but if we can identify it. Well, yeah, we'll we'll try to give you more of that great one. I mean, yes, I just you might need to give us more information on which podcast is great, but that is appreciated truck driver. And of course, 
rounding out the list. It would not be a grumpy old Ben's if we didn't have a donation from Harry Hamster. That's a, he's really he's getting to the status of of legend, I think. Yes. Uh, an expert amongst experts. Yes. The expert of all experts. He is the furriest expert out of all of them. And he's way above Nick the Rat. I mean, so Hamster is now above Rat. We'll put him up on that uh, on that category. And we still need to work on our, um, our our priority, you know, our list for the people that come in with the patronage stuff and all of that. So we appreciate that. I mean, I guess it'll be almost on our next episode. Are we get to the end of the month again because that's when we thank everybody that comes in on our patreon site well yeah okay monday will be the last it's our, the 31st our next expert, yeah it's monday the 31st yeah so next friday next we'll be episode. thanking everybody yes. on patreon but we appreciate everybody that listens and supports the show value for value if you dig it grumpyoldbens.com click one of those buttons to subscribe and then click one of those buttons to donate use the qr code for bitcoin and the snail mail address if you really want to help the post office you can go buy some stamps and then use them to send us your donation it's it's win-win and you'll be saving the post office mail-in voting will be saved you don't know if that's a good thing or if that's is I, it, <laughs> if you think it's worth saving that may be a threat to the country more than anything else uh yeah i don't know i mean the post office is one of those things where at the early point of this country i understood it was a necessity because there were people who lived in remote areas that couldn't get information any other way but I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't know if we need the post office. Who? I mean, nobody sends letters anymore. I mean, even though AOC wants you to find a prison well, pen pal or something. Lots and lots and lots of, of spammers send letters. That's so, that, uh, leaflets and, and brochures. I mean, where are we going to get all of that? I don't know. NetNet is suggesting a grumpy old Ben pen pal circle. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, you can do that online. Yes, we have one. It's called No Agenda Social. Yeah. Or hit me up on talks. Nobody hits me up on talks. That, I think, is what's going to be needed for people that actually want to safely communicate with each other when even places like No Agenda Social are going to be targeted. And you can say, OK, yeah, you can still access them via your favorite web browser. And that is true until you have places like your ISPs that are going to start blacklisting the IP addresses. And then you'll say, well, we could still get a we could still get a VPN. And well, that is when when the HTTPS everywhere and and your web bundles are going to be pretty important is is when you want to get past your ISP. Yes. Yeah. When you don't want them to know the websites you're going to the information. Google. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, that's for those who don't think you can do it. I switched over to DuckDuckGo more months than I can remember now ago. And I have not missed doing Google searches every now and then I'll do a test just to see the difference in the results. But for day-to-day surfing, you do not need to do any Google searches. I I actually have Google blocked at my router. See, or at the raspberry Pi or the, the pie hole. It just drops everything. And there's a lot of, if something redirects me to Google at blank page, I, I, I've been on DuckDuckGo for at least two years now as my primary search. And if I ever need anything more powerful or, or specific, like, um, like for news or image or something like that, I'll use Bing. I'm not proud. 
No, are they are really is Microsoft any better than Google? I mean, I guess you're going right back yes. to the they they don't know what to do with your data yet. Yes, because because they they want to be just as evil. They're just not as good at it. Right. There's somebody over at Microsoft that's like, oh, wait, somebody just used a search. Oh, great. We got this information now. And then they're like, well, what can we do with it? And um, I don't know. Yeah, I know it's they, valuable. When, but who could we when, sell it when, to? When Google gets billions of queries a day and they can collate a lot of data out of it, when Bing gets dozens of queries a day, well, how much data are they going to pull? I don't know. Is this like a riddle? Just split up your split up your data. Use use the underdog. They can't do as much damage if they don't have as many clicks. Riddle me this, Batman. Why can't we all just write our own? Why can't we have uh, our own Google? I, I, I you haven't. <laughs> no, I don't have that much hard drive space to do that. <laughs> you just said you've got 14 terabytes. <laughs> OK, yeah, there's that. I have a few network attached storage devices, but uh, I mean, I only have. Let's see. I have three main network attached storage devices, and then I have an external device hooked up to the one that has, I think that was the okay. one with 24 so, terabytes. Riddle me this. Yeah. Why can't we finish this show? We can. I, that's it. Do, we, do you have anything else? We're, we're coming to a, a screw. You've got nothing. We're coming to a screeching close My here. My cat has even left me. <laughs> well, see, now that's how you know you're sad. When your cat has shunned you. Now that's that's just sad man that's a sad way to end the show but i guess it is what it is hopefully your cat will be back on friday but until then eventually eventually he's gonna get hungry see and then he'll judge you exactly until friday when we'll be doing this whole thing all over again i am darren o'neill coming to you live from bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of chirac where you know what i don't really care what's going on outside and from america's left coast where the only law still enforced is don't vote republican I'm Ryan Bemrose.